everybody, it's Jeff. Thanks again for tuning in to the Real Person, Real Needs podcast. This is episode 41. We're going to be talking about something that we probably should have talked about a lot earlier on the podcast, but it gets a little divisive sometimes. We're going to be talking about money, budgeting. We're going to talk about the funds necessary to actually take the leap. But uh, real quickly, I just wanted to share, I got some good feedback on the last episode. I try to be candid on this show. Uh, In my blogs, on the podcast, I try to wear my heart on my sleeve as much as possible, be authentic with you guys, and uh, I really appreciate when I hear from you, when you reach out to say, hey, I I appreciate that you said that because I felt the same way, I thought I was the only one, or even if you're going to say, you know, maybe you shouldn't tell us this much, you know, whatever, you can always reach out, I'd love to hear from those that are listening. Um, this is from Joe. Good stuff, Jeff. Certainly right on point for me and most men. And I would say also for women as well because there's a lot of uh, female entrepreneurs out there, a huge amount actually. Um, and they, they're doing it. You know, They're taking care of their family and they're running this side hustle or whatever. And uh, you know, when things start to roll, it can get really exciting. And sometimes the things that are important – in the day-to-day can get pushed to the side because they're not satisfying us the way our our uh, passion is or the way our, our side business or our full-time business is. So we'd much rather expend our energy uh, doing the thing that we really love to do, not you know doing the laundry or emptying the dishwasher. So um, hopefully if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, I encourage you to go back and check that episode out, episode 40. But today... I want to talk about something that is probably going to be a little divisive. I feel like in the next couple episodes, we'll be tackling some topics that you're not really supposed to talk about if you want to be popular. Uh, one of them is religion. One of them is politics. Sex is another one. Um, and today, I want to talk about money and what people do with their money, especially as we're talking about trying to pursue our dreams. Most podcasts, I would say, and most articles that talk about entrepreneurship, there's this underlying theme of I want to be making six figures or I want to make my first million by the time I'm 35. It's all driven by materialism. And I'm here to propose a different model. I'm here to propose something that is actually going to not just benefit yourself, but to benefit others. That's what real person, real needs is all about. Real needs, not wants. And I feel like things can get really blurred. And I'm guilty of this as I say, I, I feel like, well, if I could just make enough to get to this point, then I will be able to give more. And so I, I kind of sanctify my intentions, my motivations for wanting my business to grow. But one thing I've noticed, and, and something that my wife and I really try our hardest to do is to trim the fat as much as possible. I'd much rather spend money on experiences and things that are going to leave lasting impressions than on technology or um, whatever, stuff. You know, we, we live in a small place. We purged a lot when we moved the last time because we downsized. So the idea of people wanting to be successful with their own business and make a lot of money so that they can buy stuff that is expensive so they have to continue to work really, really hard in order to fund the stuff that they're buying, it becomes a cycle. It becomes a sick cycle. And the 
what I see as success is being able to make money your tool, not your master. So for my wife and I, what we've done is we, whenever we have to make a decision or, or, or build a budget, we scour. I like to do this. It, it almost becomes a game. What can we live without? What can we get for the cheapest possible thing? A while back, we cut the cord for cable because it was it's ridiculous that people will spend easily over $100 just for cable services for channels they never watch. Also, things that they end up watching not even when they originally air, which you can do online. So, you know, we've done what many other people have done. We canceled our cable. We got a digital antenna. I just bought one on Amazon for five bucks. It was a special deal. Five bucks, digital antenna. I get all the local channels and some extra ones so I can watch Eagles football, which is my preferred uh, entertainment. Sometimes when they're when they're doing well like they are now, it's, it's easy to watch them. Um, I also found a a digital converter box that records like a DVR. That was only 30 bucks. So I know that a lot of people don't want to spend the time and they'd rather throw money for the sake of convenience. But I'm here to argue that the more time you spend trying to find practical, effective, cost-effective solutions, you're going to be able to position yourself to pursue your dreams because you're not going to be carrying around the albatross that is your giant mortgage payment, your giant car payment, your giant cable bill, your giant cell phone bill, all those things hold you back from doing the things that you really want to do. And I know it's radical and I know that it might be off-putting to some of you, but if we were to simplify our lives, you'd be amazed at what you could actually do and enjoy doing because it's not about the money. It's not. If it were about the money, I would have stayed in that cubicle that I was in for three and a half years because I, I would have, and I would have listened to people say, go back to school. I would have thrown money at schooling and so I could get a degree in something I didn't care about so that I could get the raise of 5% the next year or 10% or whatever it was. And I would have climbed a ladder of, of compromise, climbed the ladder of depression because that's what I felt while I was working in that situation. But for another thing that, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll just, I don't make money on any of these things that I'm pr- proposing, so I'm just going to disclose them. Um, we use Republic Wireless, which is a really cost-effective cell phone service. We only, bear, prepare yourselves, we only have Wi-Fi data, which means I only can access the internet on my phone when I am near a Wi-Fi hotspot. I know that that's probably impossible for you to imagine, but... There are there's no reason why, especially in this day and age where there's a Starbucks on every corner, every business has free Wi-Fi. So really, we have all the benefits of having data without having to pay that astronomical bill for data. So there's two really cost-effective things. We have Netflix and we have Hulu to watch the shows that we like. We watch Hulu, which is like an on-demand because you can watch it the day after it airs. Netflix we can watch movies and and all and binge watch past seasons of shows and things like that and that total is $16 a month so what we spend to have tv you know it was the one time expense of the $5 for the antenna which i got as a deal with amazon because they had a special offer and then the 
the digital uh, DVR was 30 bucks, so that was one-time expenses, 35 bucks. And then the recurring f- things are um, Hulu and, and Netflix, 16 bucks. So we have everything that we could possibly need, and we probably are sa- – because of our setup, we're saving at least, I would say, $75 a month. Would you like an extra $75 in your pocket? I think you would because we're focusing – and I'm not trying to put our, ourselves out as like this exemplar of – exemplary couple or anything like that but we are focusing on needs not wants now there's plenty of things that we would love to be able to spend money on but we understand that at this phase of life we don't need that we don't when we when we had to move we probably could have found a place that was more expensive but then we wouldn't have been able to position ourselves for uh our hopefully our forever home so we found a place where all the utilities are included so we just write one check it's great it's a great situation for us right now it's a step back in order to take a giant leap forward, hopefully. So it's all about positioning yourself to be successful and do the things that you want to do, not achieve the status that you want to have. And that's the difference. There's a lot of people, they work their butts off and they make tons of money so that they can have stuff and they find their identity in the stuff instead of finding out who they are and pursuing that. It's they pursue materialism. They pursue the four-bedroom house for two people to live in. They pursue uh, the nicest car that there is, even though it's not efficient on gas and it's not. You know, you drive, you you work from home, so why do you even need a new nice car? You know, those types of things. And I get really frustrated when I listen to people complain about not having money, and I could look at about four or five things just on their person. That they could have done without and they could have had more money. For those of you that smoke, stop smoking. It's 2016. A pack of cigarettes is like $7. You know what I mean? Like there are things that if we are willing to deprive ourselves of some fleeting pleasure, we could experience a much greater satisfaction in what we're doing. Yeah, would it be nice when I'm out in the woods to be able to look on Facebook? I guess. Why do I need to have that data? I'm home, and when I'm not home, I'm usually somewhere that has Wi-Fi. So I'm saving probably $80 a month. Our cell phone bill, my wife and I, $10 a month for each cell phone. And we have unlimited talk text and unlimited Wi-Fi data. $10 a month. That was That's less than what I used to pay for just a cell phone when I had like 400 text messages. Do you remember having a limit to your minutes and text messages? Seems like ages ago. But I would pay more than $10 a month for that. And now I have a smartphone that I can access the internet whenever I'm near Wi-Fi. If we would just use our brains, use the time that we have to research, to find out if there's something easier out there, something better. The problem is, is that we'd rather waste our time and throw money for the sense of convenience. I, I see it as a game sometimes. I'm like... How can I trim even more? How can I cut back even more? Not to the point where I'm like a masochist and I'm depriving myself of daily essentials, daily necessities. But what can I do to make sure that everything I have is running efficiently, that there's no waste? Because, you know, I read a book and it's called Radical by an author, David Platt, and it's written – to the church, the Christian church, essentially, but I would say it 
it's written for anybody who wants to make a difference. Because the it's something I get very angry about, and some, I, and as you're listening, I'm sure you're like, man, calm down, Jeff. But once I get rolling on this topic, I really get fired up. The American dream is a myth that people have bought into, and we've we've surrendered our souls. We've we've sold our souls to this idea of achieving the American dream, whatever. But the American dream is the most self-centered, inauthentic, non-generous way that you can possibly live. You know, I, I... the, the elections coming up, politics are ridiculous. Everybody argues. But I think one thing that is lost in the whole thing is the idea of loving your neighbor, sharing what you have with others. Because of the fact that we don't like the government to get involved or we want, or if you're on the side that wants the government to get involved, if we as human beings had, had just common decency, common courtesy – a heart of compassion, the government wouldn't need to mandate anything about higher taxes to pay for people that didn't have because we would use our own money to help those around us in community with others, meeting real needs. That's what this whole idea started from was how can I position myself so that the money that's not flowing to the people who need it can come from me? There's a plenty of people out there that are making six, seven figures and they're keeping it and they throw a donation here, they throw in a donation there so that they can get the tax write-off. But how can I position myself so that when stuff, resources are flowing towards me, they're just flowing right back out to the people who need it the most? Money is a tool. It's not a master. It's not the end-all, be-all. If it is, then it's only going to lead to heartache. It's a cruel master. Sorry, I'm stuffed up. I said cruel, not cool. It's hard to say ours when you're stuffed up as well. So different ideas. You can look online. I mean, cost-cutting measures, all that stuff. It's fun. <laughs> My wife and I get a kick out of it. Yeah, sometimes we would like to not have to worry about money. We'd like to be able to just, if we want something, go get it. Not have to be you know, as malicious with our budget. And there are people that are even more militant. And I know people do the envelope uh, budgeting where they, they actually get cash and they, they set it aside and that's it. We're not like that. Maybe we should be. I don't know. It, whatever works so that you're not living a lifestyle that you really can't sustain. The goal for my wife and I is to get into a place where we're making enough so that we have a comfortable place where we can sleep, where we can have our friends over if we want. We don't want wasted space. We want every part of our house to be efficient. You know, we don't want rooms that we never go in. We don't want that. You shouldn't have a house that has rooms that you never go in. I get so annoyed when I'm in real estate and I look at these new construction homes and they have these sitting rooms. They waste the square footage just to add another room that you never use. It's just right when you walk in, there's this room that has nice furniture in it. So people look in at, look at it when you walk in and say, oh, wow, look, this person's really got great taste or whatever. It's all about status. It, it gets frustrating to me sometimes when, in the industry that I work in because people are, are so materialistic when it comes to their house. Instead of looking at a house that's functional and meets their needs, they want a status symbol. And – 
you know what? I'm not in the business of getting people status symbols. I'm in the business of meeting real needs. So yeah, along the way, I help some people buy houses that they probably don't need, probably shouldn't have in the grand scheme of things because it's going to require a lot of upkeep. It's going to make them mortgage poor, whatever. That's on them. But I know that the reason I'm doing it is so that with each transaction, I can funnel some of the money that I'm bringing in to people who can't afford that luxury, that really just want four walls and a roof. They want a place where family can come, where they actually have a family, people that bounce from foster home to foster home, and they, you know, they're about to age out of the system, whatever it may be. Those are real needs. The iPhone 7. If you have an iPhone 5 and you're pining for the iPhone 7 or 6 even, check yourself before you wreck yourself, okay? It's frustrating to me when people, you have a perfectly functioning item and you have to replace it. Why? Because there's a new version. I I almost get in arguments with people because there are a lot of people that I know and love and care very much for but they've bought the lie that they need the newest and best. The way I see it is if I get something and it outages the uh, the life expectancy, then I that's value. That's additional value that I got from that particular item. I don't see it as they said it would only last for three years. So every three years, I'm going to replace it whether it works or not. But that's that's the way most of us live. That's the way our companies and our industries create and invent. They, they, they call it what planned obsolescence. We want this to break in X amount of months so that people are forced to come back and be customers again and again and again. Instead of building something that's made to last, that's financially uh, responsible, that brings additional value over time. That becomes an asset as opposed to a liability. We live in a world that loves to add liabilities to our life. My wife and I have made a a a pact, I guess, that we will never pay for a car loan. You know what that means? That means sometimes we fork over a lot of money for a jalopy because you're kind of playing the the hit and miss game. And they're not always jalopies, but you know, as I mentioned on the podcast in the past, I think it was like episode twenty-four where I was going through a hard time as the business was, you know, it was slowing down for the summer and that kind of stuff. I bought a, a, a car, $4,000 cash. And then I totaled that car because it was a used vehicle and I didn't see it worth paying for collision on it. I lost that money. It's gone. But you know what? I haven't I haven't had a car that had collision coverage on it since I had my driver's license because they were always cars that were old. But over that, you know, 15 years or whatever, I probably saved way more than $4,000. So I have to look at it that way. And I'm really sharing a lot of personal information here. And you're probably like, this guy's an idiot. I would have made 20 decisions that were smarter than this. But you know what? I bought my condo at the height of the market. And now we're, we're trying to figure that whole situation out because we're just now getting to the point where it's worth what we owe on it, which is kind of exciting. To Maybe we'll pop some champagne because it's basically since we bought it, it's been worth less than we paid for it. Um, so there, I have made some financial missteps for sure. And I'm not trying to be like Dave Ramsey over here. 
But I think it's important, especially when we look in the context of starting to pursue our side hustle or our our passion. I personally quit my job and jumped headlong. I cashed in my 401k as my safety net for this new venture. Now, most people wouldn't recommend that. And in hindsight, if I didn't feel the way I did at the time, I, and if I was thinking completely clearly and I had done the research that, I had done, that I've done now about planning for self-employment, I, maybe I would have made decisions differently. Um, you know, I, it would have been nice to maybe start part-time in real estate, but as I got into it, I realized like you can't start real estate as a side job. You'll never build a business. Because you need to devote 50, 60 hours a week to it in the beginning in order to make it actually something. And you can't do that if you're already working 40 hours a week at another job because you can't spend time. You have to give that job your all in addition to your self-employed job. So yeah, maybe I was stupid, but you know, I'm not looking to, to retire comfortably. Comfortably, I want to go out guns blazing. I want to work until I can't work anymore. I want to create platforms and and develop systems so that there are resources funneling in and funneling out to provide for those that are in this country in need, those in third world countries, whatever. So I would say to you is start to plan how you can give more. Give till it hurts, as they say. Start to make a list of the things in your life that you can live without. Not things that are wants, not things that you feel entitled to, which I'm amazed as I get older, the sense of entitlement in this country. But how can I position myself? We talk about it a lot on the podcast about discovering how you're positioned to change the world. Some of that is in a research phase where you're trying to say like what are my skills what was i created to do but also a lot of it has to do with once you figure out how do you position yourself to make the step and positioning yourself often comes at a cost and that cost may be getting rid of the cable getting rid of your super 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 fast internet and just having the super super fast internet <laughs> i can't believe i even have to say this Maybe it's, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think, like getting rid of your data plan on your cell phone, God forbid. I think it's amazing that we have computers, we pay for internet, we sit on our couches and people go on their phones to search and they probably don't even pay attention if it's Wi-Fi or, or data or whatever. The, you know, they they have iPads and they're looking on their iPads while their phone's in their pocket and they have a laptop next to them. Like why? Why is that okay? It's because we've bought the lie that that means that you have succeeded. And as I've said before on this podcast, success in my book is figuring out what you were created to do, finding a way to make that your purpose, doing it, and trying to change your little world. Whether the world around you or, you know, think about it as, the ripple effect when you throw a stone in the water and the ripples go out. Start at home. Start to work your way out, your neighborhood, your community, and then change the world. You can do it. But you have to be willing to let the the microscope 
You know, the scalpel coming to your wallet, coming to your checkbook. Billy Graham once said, if, if I wanted to know where someone's heart is, all I have to do is look at their checkbook. Now, we don't use checkbooks as much as they used to. But if I look, pulled up your online banking, let's say, show what your motivation is, all I have to do is look at where your money's going. It's true. So a lot of people build their businesses by throwing money at them. And I was, in my first few months, flailing, you know, trying to keep from drowning. And I would find things and say, oh, let me throw money at this. Maybe this is the, the get-rich-quick thing, you know, get my business off the ground overnight. And people buy the lies from the real estate gurus and everybody else that this new package, this new lead generation program, $300 a month, and you'll get all these leads and it's going to be great. We need to make our money work for us. We should not be working for money. Right? Hopefully, this message has hit you where you are. If there are some hard decisions you need to make so that you can help other people, I think you need to ask God, ask your family to rethink what you're pursuing. Because I know a lot of people that have a lot of money and they're unhappy because they're stuck doing something they hate in order to, to continue to fund the life that they've built for themselves. It shouldn't be that way. And I hope and pray that you'll come to that realization as quickly as you can. Folks, I appreciate you listening to my rambling, my soapbox preaching. But this is something I'm passionate about. And I hope that you will be too. I'd love to hear from you. If you disagree with me, tell me. Jeff at realpersonrealneeds.com. G-E-O-F-F at realpersonrealneeds.com. If you are clicking with what we're talking about here on the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes. I'd really appreciate that. That helps us get the word out. That helps us... uh, get more eyes so that we can focus more people on what really matters, which is authenticity and generosity, not materialism and self-centeredness. So tune in next week. Until then, thanks for listening and Godspeed.